When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. True Hauntings is a frightfully good... Production. Nestled in the heart of Germany, Frankenstein's castle looms atop a jagged hill, casting a haunting shadow over the surrounding countryside. Once home to the infamous alchemist Johann Conrad Dippel, the castle is steeped in dark history and sinister legends. But it's not just the creepy exterior that draws visitors in. It's the ghostly inhabitants that roam the halls and corridors stirring up fear and fascination in equal measure. Could these be the restless spirits of Dipple's failed experiments? Frankenstein's castle is a spine-chilling destination for any thrill-seeker, brave enough to explore its haunted depths. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this episode of the True Hauntings podcast, we take you to one of the most haunted destinations in Germany. Believe it or not, Frankenstein's castle is real. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. There was something strange and foreboding about that summer. Unbeknownst to the travellers, the devastating eruption of Mount Tambor in Indonesia the year before had sent giant clouds of volcanic ash into the atmosphere, which resulted, on the other side of the world, in weather so dark rain-swept and gloomy that it became known as the year without a summer. Across Europe, snow still clung to mountains long after it should have melted away. Torrential rain caused rivers to burst their banks, carrying bridges away, flooding crops and causing famine and disaster. And the impenetrable clouds lay a darkness over the land so that candles were lit in the day. In her letter, Mary describes the 
almost perpetual rain that confines us principally to the house and the magnificent power of the electrical storms that beat over their heads and rolled through the jagged mountains that rose behind them. The lake was lit up, the pines on Jura made visible and all the scene illuminated for an instant when a pitchy blackness succeeded and the thunder came in frightful bursts over our heads amidst the darkness. On the 16th of June, 1816, Mary Godwin's party found the storm so wild and unforgiving that they were bound to stay the night at Villa Diodati. Under the flickering lights of candles, interspersed with the flashes of lightning from the raging tempest outside, the party read aloud from a German book of horror stories, translated into French called Phantasmagoriana. Full with references to the occult, ghosts, murder and death, the stories had a chilling effect on the guests. Inspired by these tales, Byron proposed that each of the party should come up with their own ghost story. The proposition was eagerly accepted, and the two poets and Dr. Polidori had soon all come up with their ideas, though each was abandoned in turn. Only Mary had yet to come up with a story. She was finding it difficult. Here was her chance, as the daughter of two of the country's most eminent writers and thinkers, to prove herself worthy of the heritage. She busied herself to think of a story to rival those which had excited us to this task, one which would speak to the mysterious fears of our nature and awaken thrilling horror, one to make the reader dread to look outside, to curdle the blood and quicken the beatings of the heart. If I did not accomplish these things, my ghost story would be unworthy of its name. When teasingly asked each morning if she had thought of a story, she was forced to reply with a mortifying negative. One night, after listening to the conversations between Shelley and Byron about galvanism and the possibilities of reanimating corpses, Mary experienced a waking nightmare that would prove the fortuitous birth of her most famous creation. As her imagination unbidden possessed and guided her, she saw the pale student of unhallowed arts kneeling beside the thing he had put together. I saw the hideous phantasm of a man stretched out and then, on the working of some powerful engine, show signs of life and stir with an uneasy, half-vital motion. Terrified by his creation and hoping that the silence of the grave would quench forever the transient existence of the hideous corpse which he had looked upon as the cradle of life, the artist attempts to sleep, to shut out the horrible vision, but he is awakened. He opens his eyes. Behold, the horrid thing stands at his bedside, opening his curtains and looking on him with yellow, watery but speculative eyes. Terrified by her waking nightmare, Mary's own eyes snapped open. A thrill of fear ran through her, and she desperately tried to ground herself in the realities of the room about her. 
it was harder than she thought. The hideous phantom haunted her, and she tried to distract herself by thinking again of her tiresome, unlucky ghost story. She thought, if I could only contrive one which would frighten my reader as I myself have been frightened. And then, swift as light, she realised that she had already found it. What terrified me, she wrote, will terrify others, and I need only describe the spectre which had haunted my midnight pillow. The very next day, she transcribed her dream, beginning with the words that opened Chapter 4 of Frankenstein. It was on a dreary night of November. She would continue to rigorously develop the story over the next few weeks and return to edit and revise it. And with the editorial assistance of Percy Shelley over the following years, but the work of that fateful night was done. Frankenstein was born. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the studio. Oh, thank you. And look, I have to give a nod to the writer of that. That was from uh, a blog article called kirstenmills.com. And I just, I couldn't cut it any shorter. I thought it was pretty good as it was. So mm-hmm. it set the scene. Right. So we are talking about Frankenstein's castle, which we are going to go and visit in a few months. No, a few weeks. Well, <laughs> A few weeks. Okay, in a few weeks. And look, I hope that this is Frankenstein's Castle Part 1, and when we get back we'll know a lot more about it. We can do a Part 2. Yeah. So uh, my part is the history on the castle itself, and I was a little bit disappointed in the amount of information that I could garner about the history. So... Probably you will hear me talk a little bit more about our dear friend Johan Conrad <laughs> Dippel. And Renata got the giggles. Yes. Um, so uh, I will I'll tell you what I know at the moment about the castle. That's all we can ask for, Renata. Yes. So it's uh, – I've got to stop saying so. <laughs> Frankenstein's castle is also known as Berg Frankenstein and it is located – in the Odenwald mountain range near the town of Darmstadt in the state of Hesse, Germany. And the castle has a beautiful situation. It's on a hilltop and it overlooks the Rhine River Valley. I'm going to love to see what the outlook of that is. It's going to be beautiful. I wonder if we can get some blue nun while we're there. Blue nun? Yeah, that's. I'm sure that's from the Rhine Valley, the, the wine, you know. That- I haven't heard Blue Nun for 40 years, Anne. <laughs> I'm excited. How I might old get some were you blue when nun. you were drinking Blue Nun? Two. <laughs> <laughs> My mother liked to keep me quiet. <laughs> Here, have this holy juice from the nuns. Uh, they so were cold, they were blue. And then, uh, here we go again. So, <laughs> I've got to stop saying that. <laughs> But now, see, the thing is, now you've pointed it out to people, they're going to notice how much you say it. Oh, dear. The name Frankenstein or Frankenstein is a German name which consists of two words, Frank uh, or the Franks, which were actually a Germanic tribe, and Stein, which is a German word for stone. 
Oh, it's not a, st- a stein like your no. beer stein? Well, no. It could be the beer stone. It's, I mean, <laughs> it's used in that word. The meaning of Frankenstein then means stone of the Franks. Wow. And the word stein is common in a whole lot of different names of things in Germany. So you'll hear it in landscapes, places and castles. But Frankenstein is rather an ordinary name for a castle in this region, especially when you kind of think that it's a combination of stone and Franks. The castle was first mentioned back in 1252. That's on a deed paper, but the deed itself makes you sort of think that there were inhabitants in the area and on that spot a little bit earlier on. But 1252 is rather a, you know, good date. That was a long Long time time ago, ago. even for you. Mm. Yeah, I must have been about 15 back then. (laughs) So? (laughs) Now, this occurred because of the wedding of... I'm trying to get my um, German pronunciation here. I did you know, do German for three years in high school. Can't I'm remember up to a 167 days straight of doing my Duolingo with my German. And how much have you learned? None. <laughs> I'm okay if there's pretty pictures and I can look at it and go, oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can't remember. All I can remember is Entschuldigung. You remember what that is? Entschuldigung. Entschuldigung. No, according to Duolingo, it's in Shilligong. No, it's... it's, No, oh my God. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're not going to let me talk when I'm over there, are you? No. All right, go on. So, So. the wedding... (laughs) The wedding of... Conrad Reitz von Bruberg and Elizabeth von Weiterstadt, the noble dynasty of the Frankensteins, came into existence. So two families met and married because it meant that their lands and, and their wealth could be combined. And since the 14th century, the two family lines of Frankensteins lived in that castle, actually until it was sold to another family in 1662. They So it remained in the Frankenstein family for 400 years, uh, give or take uh, a few arguments and things that they had, which meant they stormed out and came back and stormed out and came back. I've had enough of you. I'm going away. (laughs) I'm back now. (laughs) Because that's what the Germans do. (laughs) In the 17th century, uh, the castle was used as a barracks for retired soldiers. And in the 19th century, it was uh, restored uh, and basically destroyed because of the restoration. Um, they tried to do it in a very romantic style. And it was, it actually, just, it was it, actually used as a stone quarry yes, for a little while. Yeah. And they just took the stone and used it elsewhere, which yeah. is just mortifying. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, there's there are castles around every corner in Europe. You know, what's one castle less? Po- Post-World War Two, parts of the castle were used as an American army base. Um And it's said that that may have been one of the reasons why the castle is so popular with visitors from the USA. Yeah, I think they actually started doing Halloween celebrations and things. The Americans brought their 
their um, culture for Halloween out and they'd started doing Halloween parties and the Germans went, oh, like this. Yes. Das ist gut. Yeah, das ist gut. (laughs) One of the most impressive parts of the castle is the peaked towers. Oh, I'm impressed. Which they say uh, was part of the restorations in uh, the medieval times, but actually it wasn't. It didn't exist back then, so... Those peak towers are much, much earlier. And uh, there is an old drawbridge, and apparently we might be able to see the remnants of the old drawbridge. Oh, I'd like that. Isn't that very exciting? I'm shivering with anticipation, (laughs) Renata. And that's about it for... (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) That's that's it. That's all I got. I spent days. So I'm going to go to Dipple. All right, go to to Dipple with a D, Dipple. Yes. So I'm going to go to Dipple and talk about him. And this actually comes from, oh, this is really awesome, this writing. It comes from The Legends of Castle Frankenstein by Deanna Knippling. I'm behaving. (laughs) Good. So? Frankenstein's castle is nothing but ruins now, but it was built in the 13th century in order to keep an eye on the bandits in the area. The Baron von and zu Frankenstein was actually a guy named Conrad Reitz, who was the person that um, actually... Hold on. Oh, hold on. I'm hanging on my knickers. (laughs) Come on, tell me, Renata. You, you've lost your spot again, haven't you? <laughs> he was the first one, right. yes. He was okay, the first one there. Up. Yep, we got it, we got it. I filled. The family eventually died out in the 1600s. The castle was sold to another noble family, the Landgraves of Hesse-Darmstadt, who, having better things to do than take care of the place, started to let it fall into ruined ruins. The Landgraves aren't the mad scientists in this scenario, but there was one. Johann Conrad Dippel. Oh, Dippel's a naughty boy. He was born in the castle in 1673 and then was later hired on as a professional alchemist because each castle had to have a mad alchemist. He reminds me of the dude off Game of Thrones that uh, was like the mad monk or the mad alchemist who uh, brought back to life the mountain. I, I, just, I get that vibe. Yes, I didn't know it was a thing that these all of these um, kings and queens had to have alchemists, but apparently being a professional alchemist was a job back then. Yeah. We could have been professional alchemists. Well, Jesus was an alchemist. He changed water into wine. He did. There you go. Dipple created a formula that was supposed to be the elixir of life, a nasty, sludgy black liquid that was supposed to extend the life of the user to 135 years. The Landgraves refused Dipple. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) That just flowed off the tongue there, Renata. Oh, God, this is a mess. (laughs) That's okay. This is such a mess. I've got some good stories to cover you. Don't worry. She needs a holiday, everyone. (laughs) No. Get rid of this body. Get rid of it. Um, All right. Dipple. <laughs> so, yeah, Dipple. Stop! <laughs> Just remember, I'm Dave Schrader's going to listen to this episode. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. He used to say nice things about our, our podcast. Never mind. Hi, Dave. 
going? Do I need to pause until you gather yourself? <laughs> All right. All right. I think she's gathered herself. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, change. We don't do so anymore. We do right. <laughs> she was okay, but now we've both lost it. Back in a second. Yeah, so we're trying to come back to do the story. We've decided we've got a drinking game for you all. So every time you hear another say so, you've got a skull a shot. And uh, when she goes right, because that's the new one, you get two skulls of the the one shot. No, that's okay. Are you ready, Renata? Yes. Thank you. Dipple. Oh, I can't start anything. It's now. It's all right. Like, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go make her a cup of coffee. We'll be back in a minute. Dipple thought that he had created the best thing since sliced bread, even though sliced bread hadn't been invented then. And he went to the Landgraves and tried to sort of sell it, sell it off and go, look, I I can actually make people live for 135 years. But this stuff was disgusting. It was a nasty, sludgy black liquid. I've got, the the, land- I've got the recipe. I'm going to give it all to you shortly. <laughs> the Landgraves didn't want to have anything to do with it. So Dipper was forced to leave and go elsewhere to try and sell off his discovery. Eventually, not being able to do anything with it, he actually created a synthetic version of the Prussian blue pigment, which was Huge at the time because the only way you could make blue back then was to actually crush lapis lazuli stones. Oh, no. So crystals. Yeah. When this was discovered, which was looked upon and still looked upon as something pretty awesome. I remember when I was doing art, Prussian blue was one of the most expensive colours that you could purchase. I remember cobalt blue. Mm. So the thing is that this particular writer says Dipple was no misunderstood hero. He was a complete a-hole. Oh, lovely. Let's get right to the point. I I didn't, yeah, I didn't say the word. He would dig up corpses and perform anatomical experiments on them, just like in the novel that Mary Shelley wrote. Uh, but it gets weirder. One of the things he tried to do was switch souls between bodies using funnels. That's where you, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? How oh, would that work? I, I've got a little bit more. Of, I can explain that to you in my segment. Okay. I've got a recipe for that too. Oh. Not living bodies, mind you, just dead ones. Dippo was so off-putting that the benchmark of religious oddity at the time, Emanuel Swedenborg, called him a most vile devil. And Swedenborg was really the precursor of spiritualism. He was really the one that started the whole hypnotic stuff and animal magnetism and all of that. So he was thought as an absolute lunatic by half of society. Yeah. And you've got Swedenborg saying Dipple is. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A most vile devil who attempted wicked things. Now, as this particular article says, this is from a guy who believed he could freely travel between heaven and hell and speak to angels, demons, and the dead. That was Swedenborg. He also claimed that Dippel tried to sway people away from Christianity and take away all of their intelligence of truth and good and leaving them in a kind of delirium. Finally, Dippel decided it was time to put his money where his mouth was and drink his elixir of life, after which he promptly died. Oops. There's, there's obviously some various different stories. <laughs> Afterwards, this elixir known as dipples oil or bone oil was used as an insect and animal repellent and was even used in World War II as a chemical warfare agent. Oh, goodness. Dump some oil in a desert well and the water would be undrinkably foul. Yeah, they actually used to use it in warfare. That's what they did to... Um, to their enemy to uh, make sure they had no water supply. It's, oh. it's absolutely disgusting. Oh, which meant that using it was a <coughs> violation of the Geneva Conventions. How much of the above is true, I can't say, other than Dippel didn't blow up a tower because there weren't any back then. They were added during the 19th century, long after his death. So that was in the process of him trying to create this um, life Fluid elixir. Yes, yes, this elixir of long life. 
Oh boy, I'm I'm done. I can't even. I can't even. Um, I'll just uh, add this little bit. Uh, oh yes. Um, Despite his reputation as a controversial figure, Dibble had several notable accomplishments. He worked as a physician and chemist in the court of Landgrave of Hessen-Darmstadt and was credited with the developing of a method for extracting a blue dye from indigo plants that was used in the textile industry. Dipple's legacy has been the subject of much debate and speculation. Some believe that he may have inspired Mary Shelley's character of Victor Frankenstein in her novel, while others argue that the connection is tenuous at best. For regardless of his role in popular culture, Dippel remains an intriguing historical figure whose life and work continue to fascinate scholars and lay people alike. And please take over now, Anne, because I've made an absolute dog's breakfast of that. That was fabulous. All right. So my job is to tell you the ghostly tales and weird stuff going on at, I was going to say Dracula's castle, Frankenstein's castle. So I'm going to start off. See, I'm doing it now. Mm -hmm. So I have found that there are several stories in there, not a lot of information on them, but I did my best to dig it up. So I'm going to start with a dragon and Lord George. Doesn't that sound fabulous? The, the story with this is that there was supposedly a fire-spewing dragon that lived close to the uh, castle. I read another thing that said it lived within the castle uh, and they're saying it's close to the water well. So the vi- villagers were terrified of the dragon and often it often attacked the villagers and ate them, so no wonder they were upset. So the villagers, in desperation, turned to Lord George, the daring knight. He quickly donned his armour and galloped to slay the dragon. Sure enough, he succeeded and killed the dragon, but in the process, the dragon in its death throes whipped its tail around and jabbed poor old Lord George and injected him with a deadly poison, which killed him as well. And to this day, there is actually a tomb that stands next to Frankenstein's castle to honour Lord George and his sacrifice. Mm. There is another legend that there is a fountain of youth that stands in the gardens of the castle. Mm. I find a lot of these stories uh, are going to entwine with some of Dipple's stories Mm -hmm. because he was trying to find the fountain of youth or Mm -hmm. create an elixir, and now they're talking about a fountain of youth. I don't know whether it exists or not, but we'll give it a shot trying to find it. Now, what castle would be complete without a white lady ghost None. We have a white lady ghost. Ah, it's, it's said to be that her name was Elizabeth von Gortz. She was married to a knight who was killed in battle. And after her husband's death, Elizabeth's grief was so, so overwhelming that she locked herself in the castle chapel and refused to come out. It's said that Elizabeth died of starvation in the chapel and her restless spirit still haunts the castle to this day. She is described as a beautiful woman dressed in white 
with long blonde hair and a sad expression on her face. The legend also states that anyone who sees the lady in white is doomed to die within a year. Avert your eyes. If you see a Renata, avert your eyes. Some versions of the legend suggest that the lady in white was not Elizabeth von Gortz, but rather a woman who was murdered in the castle by her jealous lover. Others claim that she is the ghost of a nun who was forced to renounce her faith and married against her will. There's that blue nun. There you go, go. founder. Connections. There's also different theories about why the lady, uh, the white lady, is haunting the chapel. Some believe that she is seeking revenge for the injustices done to her life, while others think she is simply trapped in the castle and cannot move to the afterlife. I'm also going to throw in that she might have been jilted. She's in a white frock in the chapel. Oh yes, been left there. Poor love, left at the altar. Yeah. Now. We've covered the lady in white. Yes. We've got a nun. We've what got a we, dragon. We've got a dragon. We've got a, a, a knight. What else do we need? Um, a graveyard. Wow. Well, like yeah, in, how an about? Indi- Indian burial ground. <laughs> <laughs> how about a monk? Oh, of course. It's there you be a go. Monk. See, we've got to have a monk. So there is a legend of a monk who was murdered in the castle during the Middle Ages and his restless spirit still haunts the building. The identity of this said monk is unclear, and here we go. There's going to be different versions of who he is. Some versions suggest that the monk was a member of the castle's original owners, who were powerful and influential families in the region. He's said to have been murdered by a jealous rival who wanted to take over his monk's outfit. No, he's uh, take over his (laughs) family's. I thought monks didn't have family lands and titles. I thought they just had to wear their frock and, and their sash around their waist and and have those lovely sandals on. He, he must have been a uh, rich monk. Mm. Uh, other versions of the legend describe the monk as a hermit who lived in the castle and was killed by wobbers. Wobbers? Randy wobbers. You don't watch Life of Brian? Okay. Sorry. Okay. So anyway, he's said to appear around the castle's courtyard where he can be seen as a shadowy figure or a misty apparition. Some people have heard footsteps. Some people have heard moaning, mm-hmm. mm, which is supposed to be the ghostly monk's voice. So um, this is just one of those stories that's been passed down and nobody really knows what the source is, but you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll report it. All right. <clears throat> now, we've had... The knight that slew the dragon. Mm-hmm. But got another knight for you. Mm-hmm. Nothing like having several knights. That would be a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry, guys. There's more. Wait for it. We haven't finished with Dipple yet. <sighs> so <clears throat> there is a legend of a knight who died in the battle during the Crusades. His name is unknown, but he is said to have been a member of the castle's original owners. Lots of original owners still hanging around there. I wonder why. The ghost appears as a shadowy figure wearing full armour, carrying a sword, riding a horse. That'd be a little bit disconcerting in the, the middle of the hallways. A, he can be seen riding through the castle grounds on foggy nights. And some people describe him as being a protector of the castle, while others seem to think he is a restless spirit seeking revenge for his death. You know, it's just, I suppose, whatever psychic comes in, comes in with their own story and then another legend is born. 
Yes, mm. and these castles now live on their legends. They do. And we're going to go and visit it because of that. Visitors to the castle often report seeing the ghostly knight or feeling his presence. Uh, but that's that's about all we've got for that one. Oh, now, where would we go to from here? Oh, yeah, we've got to add another another one to the mix. Mm-hmm. So we've got monks, we've got nuns, we've got knights, we've got ladies in white. Which which ones should we do? What about witches? Oh, yes. So apparently there is a forest near the castle, which should make you very happy. Oh, yes. And it has some stone formations that have some sort of magnetic properties to them. And it is thought... Well, the legend says that witches use this area for their sabbats on, here we go, Valpurgnacht. Mm-hmm. Do you want to have a go at that? Mm-hmm. That's the night of the witches. There you go. Valpurgnacht. Oh, so I wasn't, I just didn't put the into it. You've got to do the. There is also the story about the witches coming in to drink from the water from a magic spring mm-hmm. in the hopes of staying young. Give them life eternal. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I had on the witches. Oh, that was short and sweet. Well, at least I had them. Can't leave out the witches, which leaves me now with... Oh, there was one other thing I was going to add before I go to a bit of dipple. <laughs> Finish with a bit of dipple. I found one of your favourite things, Renata. Superstitions about the castle. Oh. Okay, here we go. Yep, oh. I'm ready. Are you ready to touch the door knocker? According to local legend, if you touch the castle's door knocker, you will be cursed and haunted by the castle's ghosts. Oh. I wonder if that's a man who knocks on the door for you. I don't think you should touch him either. I don't think it would go down well. I'll take a photo. Okay. Now, there is a cemetery, allegedly, and there's a cemetery located near the castle. It is said that walking through it after dark can bring you bad luck. Well, that's probably going to happen to us because we'll probably be there after dark. Oh, this is a weird one. Some people believe that counting the stairs in the castle's tower can bring good luck, while others believe that doing so will summon the castle's ghosts. Make up your mind. Just don't go near stairs. That's my advice. Avoid stairs as much as possible. There Now, some people have worked out how they can uh, ward off all this negativity, these, these bad luck things and it's very simple as you carry a rabbit's foot to protect you from the castle ghosts and spirits not lucky for the rabbit i'm not doing that no uh they also suggest that you can throw some shot salt some salt uh over your shoulder while visiting to protect you from evil spirits we can do that uh knocking on wood people believe that knocking on wood whilst visiting this said castle can bring good luck and protect you from the castle ghost hang on as long as it's not the front door or you don't use the knocker if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now you should also avoid mirrors because some people think that when you look into the mirror whilst visiting the castle you might just summon the castle ghosts Now. now, it looks like an absolute ruin, so I am interested to see what they have kept or what they have done with the inside of it. I did read a trip advisor that said uh, there is a restaurant associated. Yes. And they you can said, have dinner at the castle. Yeah, they said don't eat there. Oh, no. <laughs> 
do they do coffee? No, I don't know. We might have to get coffee for medicinal purposes. Yes. As long as it's not like Romania, the coffee there was not good. Uh, all right. I'm going to finish with a whirlwind of Dipple. Yes. So Dipple's ghost is allegedly seen lurking on the castle grounds, particularly around Christmas and New Year's because he likes a bit of festivities. Uh, and you were talking about his claims to fame and that uh, he wrote a dissertation called Maladies and Remedies of Life of the Flesh. Yes. It was riveting. He did. Uh, and this elixir of life not only did all the things that you were talking about, but it was also supposed to exorcise demons. Very but, good. Yeah. And, oh, and you've got a recipe. I do have a recipe, Ooh. sort of. Uh, I just have to work out where it is. Uh, it was concocted from boiled animal bones and flesh. Mm, yum. And as you were saying, with this beautiful, delicious elixir, which is just like gravy, uh, it was believed that he could transfer the uh, soul from one corpse to another. Now, I got the rest of the story. It wasn't just a funnel. It was a funnel, a hose and lubricant. Oh. Into the dead body. Uh, oh. I'm going to leave that up to your imagination uh. where they go because I don't think I want to see a picture of that. Okay. Mm, mm, I bet mm. you it's in his book. <laughs> Maladies and Remedies of Life of the I Flesh. I just heard the by B word Dibble. and I thought you were going to tell me whether I'm going to put the pipe there for a moment. I'm just a little bit worried about that. Now, um, the, uh, the apparently the mayor got really annoyed with Dipple, he became so angry about Dipple robbing the graves and spreading dark rumours uh, that he told locals that Dipple was, Dipple was the blood brother of the devil and had taken the body parts from the cemetery in order to form a monster. The mayor said Dipple's monster was on the loose in the forest and in search of virgins. Oh, See, I've got the good stuff. In search of virgins. So this goes back to... 17th century, The wasn't it? 17th century. Yeah. So well and truly before Mary Shelley. Yes. Yes. Did she go and find these stories? Did she... Did someone tell her Well, they were reading them? from those books which were full of ghost stories and things. Mm. Uh, on yes. that, from According to that blog article I yes, read. So yes. maybe... On a dark and stormy night. Yeah. Yeah, with lightning mm -hmm. zipping around the place, mm -hmm. electrical storm. So you can see how it all come together in her head. Hmm. So he did die... Uh, and after he'd been bragging he could live for 130-odd years, he had a stroke the year later. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether he'd taken his own magic elixir or not, but uh, he did die from a stroke. After his death, rumours began to circulate that Dipple's restless spirit still haunted the castle. The legend says that his ghost appears as a shadowy figure wearing a long black coat and carrying a flask of elixir. Some versions of the legend suggest that the ghostly figure is often accompanied by a pack of dogs. Mm. And that concludes my recitation of the ghostly spirits of Frankenstein Castle. Mm. Okay. So, Renata, is, so. It, is it a true haunting or not? 
We're going to find out. We're going to find out. We are going to find out. We're going to... I want to find Dipple. ...step inside and we're going to call for Dipple. We're going to call out for Dipple. We're going to go to the chapel and see if the... No, we don't want to see the white lady because... She, that means you're going to die. Yes. So we're not going to call her in. We're going to call in Dipple. Yes. I oh, look, it's an old castle. There's got to be some ghosts there, even if it's just a serving lady. There's got to be someone. <laughs> There's got to be someone that's been around for years. Yeah. So we'll call it a true haunting and we'll move on to the next week's episode. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this one. Sorry about all the giggling in the middle, but, you know, we're old ladies and we're silly. Can't help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, if you want to support us and say thank you for the episode, make sure you buy us a coffee. Just type into your search bar, buy was it buy us a coffee? Buy um, buy a coffee. Buy a coffee. Buy a coffee, Anne and Renata, and it will come up with the website and you'll be able to do that from there. But I'll try to remember to put the link in down the bottom. Thanks for joining us. And, guys, we'll see you on the dark side. And remember to stay frightfully good. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.